The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual participants and do not necessarily reflect the official position of the host, other guests, or any affiliated entities. Each participant is responsible for their own statements and opinions. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Hola, mi chamara! Welcome back for another episode of High Trust, Low Context, episode 12, The Show Must Go On. And bringing, bringing back to the show, we've got, we've got my b- good buddy, the American monster, Poppy Susio, Sinistar, the sinful one, the, <laughs> the grand campeon de las Americas, Jason Sullivan. Welcome back to the show, brother. What's up, babies, baby cakes? What's going on, guys? How you guys doing out there in... Did you freeze on me? What happened here? Where we where we go? Where we go? I think we lost him, or we lost me. We'll have to see how this goes here. All right. Well, let's just uh, let's see here. Did we lose him, or did we lose me? Can I get some in the comments here? Where, where who's who's still working? Is it me or is it uh, Sully here? Because I can still see everything on the screen, but uh, it seems like our. Our our old demons are still here haunting us at I trust low context. Um yeah, I'm just gonna i I'm gonna check on Sully here, see if he's still around. All right. Well the show must go on. Um <laughs> uh, I don't know if I was ready to do one all by my lonesome. But uh, I wanted to maybe fill you guys in a little bit. Uh, It's been a little while since I last did an episode. Um, There's been, you know, a lot of uh, (laughs) a lot of different things going on. I uh, have had uh, a lot of construction going on in the house. And also weather wise, we have been getting absolutely pummeled for the last little while, having long days with no power. And what ends up happening is, is when, when I have no power to work with, uh, that means no internet. <laughs> that means I can't get my job done. And basically, I'm just kind of on hold, waiting and waiting and waiting until once that power comes right back on again, I got to catch up on my work and get right back into business. And the problem is, is that I, uh, you know, when I have to spend all that time catching up, coming back to actually getting to doing my hobbies like this show can be a little bit more difficult. So for example, uh, booking guests, uh, editing the, the video, editing the audio takes a little bit of time. And uh, it's, it, you know, I've tried to streamline it as best as I can. Uh, I did go out of my way to uh, get a couple of things set up for the show. Uh, one thing I did is uh, I found um, uh, there's a platform that you can use to um, sh- make mini videos. So I've been able to make some some mini clips and, and stuff from the previous episodes and uh, put some of them out there. And if any of them are, are good to you people out there, uh, you know, I'd love to grow the show. I don't want to be huge. I, I, I still just like to have a kind of a small community. But the, the, the you know, I, one of the things I've noticed is, is that 
if you've got a there, there are certain thresholds you have to make, uh, you, you have to get to in order to get the guests that you want. And so, you, you know, for example, if you're sending it out there and I, I've got less than 200 subscribers at this point in time. So, you know, there's a, there's definitely people who, you know, are, are open to it and, and real cool about it and, and, you know, want to help out those and pull the people up who are just starting. But then there's others who, you know, won't even respond to the interview or to the email, or they'll, they'll kind of be like, wait until you come back when you have like 5,000 subs or something. So, you know, the only way we're going to get there, I don't want to pay for ads. I don't want to, I don't want to suck up to anybody. I don't want to, I don't even want to, I don't even want to do Twitter that much, but the only way we can get there is if we can kind of get the word out. If you're enjoying the show, uh, if you're not enjoying the show, also let me know, tell me what we can improve upon. Uh, I'm always, uh, interested in feedback, uh, and, and figuring out how to get, do, you know, do shows. And again, this is kind of interesting. Uh, I completely had no plan coming into this show other than to riff with my buddy Sully. And, uh, so thanks to the, uh, the, the, the good people of Paraguay and, uh, internet infrastructure, uh, he ain't here right now. So, um, if, if there's anybody who's in the comments here, I'd love to hear something from you guys. Uh, it's been a little while, like I said, um, but I, I, I definitely wanted to get back into the thick of things. Cause it's one of those things that if you, if you leave it for too long, then you never quite get back on track. <laughs> you know, you, this, I've had um, Tab on a few times. Uh, or, or we talked it over with uh, Tab a few times about pod fading, and uh, it's something you you know happens to the best of us. But uh, there he is. There's my guy. All right. See, I I I had to. I had the show had to go on. I had to keep going. I know. I know. <laughs> we got that. We got that. Pesky, pesky Paraguayan Wi-Fi internet that uh, is is just uh, you know it's so frustrating down here you know but I mean it's a trade-off right? <laughs> Tell me about it. All it's the other trade-off. things that are super tranquilo, all the things that are you know much happier, you know the easier things to do, uh, you know like like just the day-to-day life for the most part is pretty peaceful, pretty cool. But then you get these days like this, and you're trying to do work. Like I mean, your work is all on online as well. Correct. Yeah, it's 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 it sucks. <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine. See, when mine goes down, when my internet goes down, typically it's like the whole block is out with no power, right? So, mm-hmm. so I worked for a little bit. I actually ordered a like a camping portable battery that like is supposed to give me like nine hours of power, and. Uh, so, I mean, I've got the UPSs, which, you know, kind of give me a little bit of a heads up before the power really goes out so I can quickly save all of my, my documents and stuff like that. But um, you look frozen again, and I hope that you're still there. <laughs> I think he's frozen again. All right. Well, this is going to be one of those kind of nights. Um, yeah. So... Other or you're just no selling me. Maybe you're just no selling me. So, <laughs> so, anyways, yeah. Like when my internet goes out, um, there's backup plans I can do. I can use my phone. Oh, there you are. You're you're unfrozen again. You were frozen for a few seconds there. Um, but I, I, uh, I switched over to my hotspot. That probably will work. So I guess what we'll do is we'll try to keep this within an hour so we don't burn out all your data or something like that. But uh, is that going to work for you? I'll be all right. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll be all right. I'll be fine. I, See, uh, and that's what we do. I, I have to use See, we're resilient, the and the and the show must go on. And actually, it one of the things that I wanted to talk about with you was going through the wrestling business. There's been lots of times where stuff goes wrong on the day of or on the night of or at the beginning of the show. Like we had that with Luchando where um, like guys would be sick. We had to rewrite on the fly. Uh, we, we had no power. We had no power for uh, one of the shows, the Battle Royal show. And that mm-hmm. was saved by our good buddy Rube. Uh, by by him going out and getting an emergency power source for the show, which the show went on. Uh, but can you think yeah, of any like two hours late? I remember that. <laughs> yeah. So like one of the things that show business does for you is it forces you to improvise and push through. You know, it's it's like you got everybody there. You got the audience there. You got everything set in place and you can't just turn it off like. There was a specific – I mean, I would say there's certain shows that maybe should have ended, like the one in Kansas City at the end of the, you know, at the, end of the, the century there. But, um, you know, most of the time – most of the time, like, it's – I've always found it quite in, impressive to see people kind of pu- push through these things. Like, we had um, – we had an episode of Luchando where I botched a line. I botched a whole – segment because uh, you know basically i forgot what the last thing i had to do was i had all the stuff ahead of time but that last the closer the the taking the home moment i forgot and then so basically your guys are just looking at me because i was supposed to flash a money sign and we were supposed to get out and Mm -hmm. i didn't do that and and they were like you know like you want to fight and then i was like forgot and i was like i guess you're gonna fight Nobody was ready for that. And so um, – but you came up with a really good plan where we basically reset up the whole thing and just taped it again. And then we – No, that was closed. a different time. Okay. That was the time when the power went out. Um, oh, no. We did a rerun-in. We did the run-in twice for that one. That's right. That's right. We did do the run-in a second time on that one. And um, it was a little better, but it was just – it was awkward. It was. It was well, still kind yeah. of. Yeah. It was my fault. <laughs> I was still a rookie. <laughs> well, the thing was is that we had um, like different plans from like everybody. Like Scotty had his vision, you had your vision, and I had my vision, and it just <laughs> on that one there was one of those only segments that, to be honest, that like I don't think every one of us believed in the other person's vision on that one. Like, because usually when we would go out there, we were 100% whether we wanted it, you know, whether it was like our idea or somebody else's idea, we were always 100% committed to it. And I just mm-hmm. think on this one, we were being a little bit bullheaded. We still tried to get our ways into there. And so, <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 See, the thing is, like Don Chaco, yeah, for the money, I guess so. But I also, he kind of just likes to see his guys kick some ass. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, there was a there was a time where um, I I took my first big bump of the season. We were probably about twelve, thirteen weeks into the season, and at that point, I had been very dominant. And I and for a bump for folks who aren't on into the wrestling side, you're on some of the other side, you know, of, of what Joel um, talks about on these shows. A bump is when you fall on the mat, and so me, I'm I'm you know six foot four or two meters, and. Um, 
And I hadn't fallen. Nobody had knocked me on my ass yet until uh, finally Mole did. Well, when I ran out, the power went out. We had a power surge. Mm-hmm. And so the power went out in the building, lost all power. So I mean, the cameraman did not pick up on it. So they missed my first big bump of the season, which for me was a buildup until then. There was, it was a big deal. Got me. It was a big yeah. deal. And so what, what happened was, is that we go back and everybody's freaking out. And I just, we, we used to take two television episodes a day or on a Sunday. And that was during episode one. And so what I did was, is when I got to the back, I looked at the lineup for show number two. And Gabo happened to be wrestling a match. And so then I got with the crew. I grabbed Michael. I grabbed Rube. Um, and, and I got Mole, Gabo, myself, and Blaz. I pulled them aside. And um, I, I pretty much, like, laid it out. And I said, okay, Gabo, after your match, stay in the ring. Just stay there. I'm going to run out. And we literally cornered him the same way we did in episode one so we could splice it together. Yeah. Um, and, and then we wound up getting the bump again. And then when I rolled out <laughs> on this one, I rolled out to you. And it was just kind of a little uh, uh, a little insider thing. And I looked at you and I went, again? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and it was literally a- for the five people in front of us just to entertain them. So. so, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about is, is like there's a certain type of person who, you know, when in, in a face of adversity, when things are going awry, shuts right down, just completely shuts yeah. right down, freezes, can't can't move past it. And then there's another person that like improvises on the fly and figures it out. And it's like, OK, we're going to do it. And I mean, I get it. I get it. I'm a preparer. I like to prepare things ahead of time. And then when they don't go my way, it can be really frustrating. It can be, you know, it can be really frustrating because you've got this vision in your head of how things are going to go. And then when they don't go your way, then you, you, you're kind of put on the spot. And in this case, like, it's a lot different if you were, I don't know, like, if you were getting together with your friends and uh, you wanted to record something, that's different than being live in front of, you know, yeah. over 100, 200 people. And, you know, that can, that can mess with your head. And I like, you know, it's one of those things where in the, when you're in it, it sucks, but yep. after you've done it, it feels great. You know, it, it just, it feels like you've really accomplished something like you've p- pushed past the yep. adversity. And that's the thing that like frustrates me with, um, well, with the internet and the Paraguay and uh, power is, is like, there's some nights where I just can't, like, I, I just can't, I, there's literally nothing I can do. Um, to, to, to do it. And sometimes when that happens, I have to kind of look at it and go, ah, God said, no, <laughs> it's just like yeah. God said, this is, this isn't your time. This is not what I want it's, you doing it's, right it's now. It's your test. This is your test. Yeah. Uh, you're and how you handle it, for whatever reason, yep. how you handle it is a real measuring stick for where you are as a person. And so, you know, it's interesting to me is just like, there are times where I handle it okay. There are times where I handle it very poorly. And yeah. so, you know, uh, it couldn't have gone any better, actually, with your internet cutting in and out twice uh, uh, on this one because it put me on the spot. I've got, I've got viewers watching right now, and, and it, I, I told I'm them curious. flat out. I was like, I didn't even have this prepared. <laughs> like, I should be prepared for these shows, but it's like it's Sully and I. Sully and I can talk for hours with no problem. We're just shooting and on so, the fly, babies. We're yeah, shooting exactly. on the fly. Call it in the ring. Call it in the yes. ring. 
And speaking of adversity <clears throat> and, and failing in adversity today, I'm having a very grumpy day. And I happened to be taking an Uber back from my gym. Now, the Uber was just fine. But as we turned down uh, this, this, this side road, um, this idiot, this idiot, and I'm going to say this because he was an idiot, he pulls out his phone. Okay, the phone's got the map on there. Nope. All of a sudden, he flips over to Facebook. Nobody's messaging him. He's just scrolling through his timeline. Now, he slows down to a snail's pace, but he's still almost like drifting off like a boat that loses its tide to the dock. He's just Gosh. drifting off, and he damn near hits a car. And I go, pardon, can you please pay attention? And he looks at me very, very disgruntledly, says mm. something in Spanish, and then he tries to say under his breath, puto. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> And so don't do that did, to Sully. We did something last show, and I'm not going to start today. But I we 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 didn't cuss the last show, so I'm not going to do that today. But five <laughs> years ago, five years ago, I would give you a play by play of what I said because I went. I'm cussing him out. I'm about a 10 minute walk from the house. And at this point, I don't care. Cause I still, I, I still got about, cause I know I'll make it home within time in time to be yeah, on the show. Yeah. What but you I, did. I mean, this is literally 40 minutes ago. I get out. I am cussing at this guy and he's just <laughs> looking at me like, Oh my gosh, what happened? I'm like, yeah, you pissed off the monster. That's what happened. And then, <laughs> and, 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 and I, because I couldn't be in this car with him at that point because I was going to fight him. Like I was going right. to put my hands on him. I was going to lay my hands upon him. <laughs> Were you going to paintbrush him like he was a DA or something? <laughs> no, I was actually considering strangling him or, or headbutting him. Oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> um, and when I do that, my go-to now is to get away. I need to walk away. Uh, because, and I'm not walking away because I'm not trying to avoid confrontation. I'm walking away so I'm avoiding a manslaughter charge and going to jail. <laughs> well, okay, I gotta know then. So you were an Uber driver for a while, yeah. And, yeah. and I got into to a couple of fights as an Uber driver. Okay, so what's your like Uber rating right now? Because, like, I mean, they Uber, the Uber like rates everything, right? <laughs> uh, I believe I'm four point eight six, which is the same rating I told you a couple months ago. So, That's not bad. That's not. Nah, bad. it's okay. It's it's eh. it's eh. <laughs> um, it's eh. But now my Bolt rating and Bolt is like another Uber down here. Uh, my Bolt rating is like four point nine four. So, okay, but it's also because I pay with cash. So right. I always when the ride ends, I they see their tip right away. So. I, I'm, I'm pretty like when I get into the car, they're want like there's this one way like we go to my house that they want to go the other way, and it takes about an extra four to five minutes. So I always encourage them. And I'm very polite, actually. I do encourage them. Hey, can you go this way? Yada yada yada, and I'll show them. Some drivers they don't like that. They do not like mm. that. As me, I personally I didn't like it. So <laughs> you know. have you noticed like the amount of people? Who, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say the professional mm. class. Like nobody takes it anymore. Nobody, nobody likes any. First off, they don't like criticism, but they don't like suggestions. Like I've, I've seen, I've especially noticed this with like doctors and like mechanics and stuff like that, where it's like, you know, you do, you do your own research, you do what you can. And I know people hate. There's, there's a certain class of people out there that hate people who do their own research. But stick with me here. 
So when you do your own research and you've got everything, you think you're doing something nice. You think you're doing something that is streamlining the process that maybe you're going to whittle down some of these things. Cause if you go to go to talk to a doctor or go to do something like that, you don't want to like, you know, use up all the time just doing nothing, you know, like you want to, you want to, you want to, you want to help the doctor by, by weeding out all the other things. But I found that, I don't know. It's not even just here in Paraguay. It was back in Canada too. Doctors hate that. They hate that. They they don't they don't like that at all. They hate it because they want to start. They want to be the 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 be all and end all, right? And then like they'll sell complex. Well, it is really much. It's a lot like that. And they have a. It really is. It's not all doctors, but it's a heck of a lot of them. Where yeah, there's exceptions to the rule. That's the. It's not a blanket statement. You know, there are exceptions to the rules, of course. Yeah, absolutely. But it's like. It's really weird because it's like don't – it's like they want you to be playfully dumb. It's like they want you to know nothing. And so then they – what they'll do is then all of a sudden like if you throw something out there and you go, look, like it, it, here's the checklist of what you – you know, what is this this condition? You go bang, 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 bang. It's like it's like 97% going to be this thing. You know, so yeah. let's like talk about this thing. And then like they don't ask you any questions. They don't ask you any. They're just like, no, it's not that. So, what are you talking about? It's not that. It's absolutely I've, that. Like I've diagnosed have- every sickness and injury I've had in my life. And <laughs> and every time I've walked in, it's just what you said. It's not that. And I'm like, no, yeah. it's this. And then, no, it's not. How, you, you, you can't be so sure. And I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure. You know. Well, it's, it's like. <laughs> Medical malpractice is so hard to prove, and so like you you don't you don't get those uh, you, you don't get those things too often. But man, oh man, like I've been misdiagnosed, I've been misprescribed things, and and like oh man, down here like the first time around, I remember the first time we came back to Paraguay after our first trip to Canada, and we were landing, and I, you know, when you're landing, your ear just won't pop, like it just, oh, you, it just like, sometimes this. it just yeah, it just won't pop. It's so like so water. mine wouldn't pop and it it stayed and I it hurt for days and all of a sudden I was like I couldn't like work I couldn't it was hard to sleep and I had like an ear infection or something so I went to the doctor and then went went to the hospital there cuz that's what you do and I went to the private hospital and they're like oh yeah we've got a doctor you're from Canada yeah yeah we got a doctor who worked in Winnipeg I'm like all right, let's let's go with this. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> so we go, and the guy's talking to me, and he just wants to talk about Canada the whole time. I'm like, I just want to talk about my ear the whole time. And you yeah, know, like, like I, I just I just fled from there. I'm a refugee. <laughs> yeah, and I told him they, they don't understand that never. But I, I told yeah. him flat out, I was like, look, man, like you know, I, I might have an allergy, or sorry, I have uh, uh, I might have an infection here. What I need from you is uh, you know, let's let's treat this. And uh, I don't. I'm allergic to penicillin, so nothing, nothing in the penicillin family. Make sure that there's nothing, that. nothing, nothing in the penicillin family, and we're good. So, you know, we get through the whole thing. He prescribes me the thing. I get home. I take the medication. I start breaking out in hives. <laughs> penicillin, 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 like adjacent, uh, and like they didn't give me any heads up on it, so I had to go back to the hospital. And they're like, oh, we have this doctor from Winnipeg. I'm like, give me any other doctor. I don't even care if I have to speak Spanish. <laughs> I'm not going to that guy again. <laughs> but, um, 
Yeah, don't give man, me your, it's don't give me your failed Canadian doctor. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like it's like, yeah, uh you're not impressing me. <laughs> I know what the doctors are like in Canada. But it's it's really weird, man, because like you, you know, people people really don't like being told what to do. And I, I get that. I get that. Like uh, in okay, in my line of work, you know, if somebody tells me what to do, uh how to do it, and it's like I, I work with like tons of these different clients. And one time I had to kind of take the guy aside and he's like, you know, I've done, a, I've done a whole bunch of these. I've probably done a dozen of these. I've probably done a, like a dozen of these over the last three years. And I'm like, all right. I'm like, so you're going to tell me what to do. I, I go, man, like I do a dozen of these a week. Like I've been doing a dozen of these a week for the last like 10 years. Like, and yeah. like, and, and I do other things too. So, you know, I'm not trying to pull rank here, but like if I tell you what I think is a good opinion on what will work and what won't work, you know, like this is my job 100% of the time. This is your job only when your team has a budget for marketing. So like <laughs> have a little bit of faith. Um, but uh, that's why they hired you. It, yeah. And, but like when it comes to like Uber, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's not like they had a job interview. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, they just started driving and it's, well, it, it, down here, it's a weird egg, and I'm not trying to be that judgmental American, but here I am being that judgmental American. Um, <laughs> and I have never had so many issues like cars showing up without being at the proper car. So I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not getting in. Or you show up and they've got their girlfriend sitting in the front seat. No, nah, not <laughs> happening. Not happening. Or you show I up. Haven't show up and, I haven't well, had that. I haven't had that because – I don't had drive that it as much as you. Times. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah I, I do I don't, twice a day. So. Yeah, so you're you're getting like you're getting a lot more quantity. Whereas mm-hmm. if I'm using Uber in Asuncion, which means that like my van's being fixed, yeah. or I don't feel like driving that day. Um, typically, or, or if I'm going to like a concert or a soccer game or something like uh, that, I don't want like, to find parking. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bother with that. So. So I always get the what is it Uber Comfort like whatever's the highest level I'm like just like give me that because well, I want it's all like the a fifty cents extra down here. Yeah, it's nothing. No. <laughs> so like, give me that. Give me get make sure all the seatbelts work. I want that air conditioning on before I get in the vehicle. I I'm not that type of guy, but like when it comes to Ubering, that that's when I become that guy, right? <laughs> I become well, that guy. I tell you what. I tell you what, on my way to – now, the kid was very nice on the way to the gym today. But he mm-hmm. rolled up the windows, and he, 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 he tried to put on the AC. And I didn't have comfort. I just got a regular Uber today. And because yeah. and, um, I only get comfort when it's hot. Today was a little warm, but it wasn't that hot for me. And I was going oh, to the gym. Hot here. So I, was like, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm used to it now, man. And so <laughs> and, and so, and I'm from Texas as well. And, but, That's true. Um, yeah, Whereas I'm a so snow yeah, I mean, once we get to forty degrees Celsius, I'm screwed. Um, I just melt like a candle. But yeah, well, it hit so thirty eight today where I was. So you know, like it, it was, was thirty six today, which which was okay. Um, right. and, and you know, we're getting borderline, but it was fine. I didn't feel stifling. And mm-hmm. so, um, as we're going down to the gym, um, the kid, you know, he rolls up the windows. Mine's still down because he turned on his AC, but his AC was like musty. 
you know, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to roll up my window and get all musty in this, you know, like I appreciate, I appreciate the, I appreciate the effort, buddy, but you know, and I, I just kept my window down because it, it was just making it more humid inside the car. And I was right. like, no, yeah, this is, I, I'm going to get this fresh air. <laughs> and he was trying well, to be nice, like, you know, but do, do you like, I guess there's a, there is a certain type of person though, like when it, going back to your your bad Uber driver. It's mm. I, I mean okay, one of the things that people don't like even more so is being called out, <laughs> like called out for screwing up. People don't like it. Like I I don't even know how to do it right when it's like, but it's in those cases it's like man, you're a danger. Like you're a danger to like not just me and you, but like to the remainder of society. If you're, if you're going to be flipping through all your Facebook, this is your job, man. This is your job. I hope you gave that guy a zero, you know, like that's just ridiculous. I, 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 you can't give a zero. You can give him one star. I, I did one star and I did report him. Uh, yeah. And because he is a danger. Unfortunately, that happens a lot. A lot of the guys, they'll flip through their phone. Most of them though, they kind of got it down pretty well where they're paying attention to the road. This dude was just, he was reckless. he, he was literally like he was driving so slow and then he was just drifting towards a car and i'm like bro and i was like hey man pay attention and at that point he just looked at me and was like pardon and then he got snippy with me and then it, like i he, this idiot man <laughs> this this idiot he and then i'm gonna call him an idiot because he's an idiot you know uh, he he just he goes Pardon. and i'm like are you kidding me like uh, like I can't hear you. And you're like, did you not see me? <laughs> you know, see, like I wonder. I, if, I wonder if you get more of the those kind of responses from people just strictly because of your like appearance. You know, like you 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 stand out like out here. You know, you're you're I a do. big wrestler, right? So you know, I I think people might be already on guard. Whereas, you know, typically if I'm getting in, it's like me and my, my wife and my kids. And it's, it's going to be, you know, the guy's going to be in a little bit of a different mood. I, I, I did one time. I got, a, I got a system. Every time I get into a car, I go, hola, como estas? Blah, 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 blah. I'm very nice. I, I, mm-hmm. I lower my, I mean, I lighten my voice up. So you do you use my Olympia Cero thing? I have on some of them. I haven't done it lately, though, but I have on some of them. And they seem it's to like It's a great that. icebreaker. Yeah. It is really great, but I always hop in to go, oh, very nice. I, I keep my voice higher, my inflection higher, so it shows mm-hmm. them that I'm receptive to talking. Um, uh-huh. And and, and I, I try to be really cool. But then the thing is, though, is that once I meet somebody who's a bit of a, of a, of a douche nozzle, then <laughs> I'm at that point, I shut down. Like, I. Uh, you know, because you're not like I, I try to be the nicest person in the world. But the second I meet somebody who's a bit of a jackass, then I out jackass them, which is, you know, <laughs> well, it's heel, heels on heels. Right. So, you know, it works. I, um, I can, but, well, yeah. I mean, I, I just consider being real with people at that point. I'm like, oh, OK, you're going to be a bit of rude to me. OK, well, here we go. Thank you for opening the door. Now I'm going to kick it open. <laughs> so so t- let's go back to, you know, muscling through hardship when it comes to shows can, can you think of other shows in your past yeah. where you have had to kind of manipulate on the fly well i guess i'll think of I, there's a national show that i also want to go with that happened live on pay-per-view but we'll hit that last because i think that's a really cool story but me okay. personally 
me personally, I've had a lot, especially as a promoter, I've had a lot of humps that I'd have to get over. Um, you know, uh, we had one show in the center of Texas where the main eventer was wrestling under a mass gimmick because he liked wrestling under a mass gimmick. He just had this second gimmick and he wanted to do it. And he wound mm-hmm. up blowing his, he wound up blowing his knee out in, 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 in his, in his little haha gimmick. And so we had to switch the main event on the fly. And oh, so, and so I'm working this one opponent and, um, um, my, uh, uh, my the guy just got hurt the match before so i had you know i got jumped and one of the guys came out to save me and then he whispered in my ear he goes can you buy me some time so i could figure out the next match no problem <laughs> yeah no problem no problem so me being me you know i grabbed the mic and i decided to play you know because i was the baby face decided to play you know the host and thank the town and yada 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 and get him going yeah well I go to ask for the mic and the, re- the, the announcer refuses to give it to me because we dropped his jacket during the match because we grabbed the chair. Um, <laughs> so, he's, so he's still, he's still faving you or what? Or is this, I, 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 I didn't know he was mad. I had no idea. I just wave over to the mic and he just looks at me and he goes, okay. And th- then he, he, it, 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 and then I ask again, he goes, like this, and I'm like, I, I like, I was like, is this guy just being lazy? Like he just didn't want to walk over to do my That's what I thought. So I just, I instead of instead of doing that, I just walk around and I walk around the crowd and then I clap high fives and yada yada yada. I get to the back and the announcer follows me back and he goes, "You fat mother effer, if you ever touch my jacket." And I looked at him like, I, "What?" And I, at that point, I once again oh, I snapped. And I'm like, dude, I go, I'll, I'll whoop your butt, blow it up, and yada, yada, yada right now. And so I was so mad, though, that I, I, I was so upset that I went to the locker room and I started throwing chairs and kicking chairs. I've never done that before. Hmm. I've never done that before. Um, I was so mad. Like, literally, I walked in there and I kicked literally three or four chairs across, across the locker room. I picked up another chair and I slammed it on the ground. And I was heated. And I was, you know, <laughs> but I, you know, I went, I didn't, you know, I made sure the door was shut. The crowd didn't hear it. So that's okay. the time we persevered. It. I lost my stuff. Many other times as a promoter, I would have like guys getting stuck at the border in Canada and I'd have to rewrite mm. the show. And so that's happened a few times where people would get hurt or I'd have to rewrite the show literally the day of. And I remember so many people would go, Jason, why are you always writing the show like two hours beforehand? <laughs> and I would explain to them because of cancellations. I used to type them out the night before, but I would have so many cancellations that just looked like chicken scratch by the day of the show. <laughs> so I would always write the show literally two hours beforehand. So I wouldn't have to deal with, you know, like crossing things out. Cause I, just, I know I'm going to throw this out. If I type it out the night before, it's you, my you almost didn't have me. I got stopped at the border. You knew that, right? Yeah. 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 That was in uh, 2015. Right. Yeah, I got stopped at the border. I, I kind of ha- I mentioned it a little bit with Kev- Kevin on the last episode. But, yeah, when I was coming through, because everybody had told me, you know, of wrestlers getting stopped at the uh, border. Yeah. And it's like they look and they can tell you're a wrestler. I, they don't tell I'm a wrestler um, but because uh, I'm not. But they, you know, if they got boots or if they got your gear or something like that, they'll stop you. You know, they'll give you a hard time. Yeah. So they would actually yeah. have – other guys take other people's gear for them when they go back or, you know, doing all types of stuff to, to make it work. <clears throat> when I was going through, I, they were like, where are you going? And I'm like, I'm going to a wrestling show. Right. 
Like, oh, what are you doing at the wrestling show? Then he goes through all my car, goes through all my stuff, finds that I brought my really nice Canon camera, and was so like, he "You're a professional to... photographer." Yeah, he's like, "Are you gonna? Are you getting paid to do this show?" And I was like, "No, I'm not getting paid to do this show," which I wasn't. <laughs> and I was, and I was like, I, I, I was I like, "Yeah, that's all good." And so, <laughs> I was like, I, "That's not a lie. I wasn't." So, so the thing is, I went down. But yeah, the guy was giving me a hard time. I was like, I never had a stop at the border. Well, okay, that's not true. I've had one that they tore everything out of my car. But um, but in this case, yeah, man, they like they this guy was looking, and all he found was the camera. Gave me a hard time about it. He's like, well, are you gonna like do? What do you what do you do for a living? I'm like, I'm a writer. He's like, are you gonna write about this show? I'm like, I don't know, maybe <laughs> like a blog post or something. Are you gonna get paid for that? I don't think so. <laughs> like, just like, can I go watch a show? <laughs> like, what if they said I was going to a WWE show? Would he give me a hard time for that? You know, like I'm not no. clearly I'm not working that. So, anyways. no. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to derail. You were no. re- this is redoing your, your when you were redoing your uh, your your uh, your scripts two hours before a show goes, and you had to do something because of cancellations. How many times you had to do so many different cancellations? Like, did did you? Well, is that how Sinistar was made? How was how was the creation of Sinistar? Was that out of necessity? This is your, no. your mass alter ego. No, Sinistar was created. Um, uh, actually, it was it, it was somebody else's gimmick first. It was Big Ugly's gimmick. Big Ugly had um, uh, uh, took some time off. He had lost the loser leave town match, and then so he came back as Sinistar, Jason Sullivan's arch nemesis and so then i stole the gimmick i stole the gimmick when i um lost the loser town match in texas and ah. i came back as sinistar so okay um, yeah because i used the yeah. sinistar uh image of you with the belt uh oh, yeah. as the yeah. uh, as the thumbnail for this episode so <clears throat> well no that but. that picture of me with the face paint that's just sullivan i, I just i started putting face paint on myself at that point because I felt that I was starting to look a little old in the face. I was a little bit insecure. And so I just started using face paint. And so I did that. I did that. And it allowed me to like, it it kind of gave me like, I was able to still look youthful because I was still able to move around. Hey, it worked for Bill (laughs) Eady. Yeah. Well, Bill Eady, he looked old when he was 30. So it's true. Um, it's like yeah. Steve Martin. Yeah. 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 Cause Steve Martin's like in his seventies and he, he still looks the same. Yeah. But his 30s. dude was like 30 at the age of like 18 or sorry. He was like gray haired at the age of 18. It was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> he, he looked old when he was young. Have um, you seen, have you seen a lot of good Steve Martin movies? Have you seen the, the jerk? jerk? Yeah. The jerk was the first one I ever saw. And then I remember amazing. Dirty, I love the dirty jerk. rotten scoundrels. That one was I not really, bad. I always felt that hmm. one was a little bit overrated though. Why? Well, it's because it was it was more bougie, you know. Yeah, like, well, yeah it, it was too much Michael Caine, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but and, I mean, no, the jerk is fantastic. Uh, the man with two brains was really good, and um, yeah, all of me. All of me. He did one with Eddie Murphy back in like two thousand. Oh, Bowfinger! That was great. That was yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was. <laughs> Going back to where we were at, though. So so. Um, like, th- do you feel that like wrestling and doing this has had has had an impact on you in your personal life of being able to persevere through crap and garbage coming your way and just kind of getting yeah, through it? 
I, you know, I used to be very a very passive person, which surprise, surprise, I'm no longer. I now, <laughs> it, 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 because even for in wrestling, I'd say the first half of my career, I was still very passive. But then I, I realized that like if you were passive, you would get run over. And so mm-hmm. then, I, and so now I'm so direct to the point that where people probably think that I'm um, hard to do business with, which I probably am. Um, I, 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 I'm at the point now in my life where I know what works, especially in wrestling. I know it works. And, um, like for me, I always make it very clear. Like if you're going to use me, this is the way I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you, if this doesn't work for you, don't use me because I'm not hard up for a booking. Like I don't care, you know, like, and, and I, I remember telling, um, one of the promoters at all-star Texas all-star. And I said, uh, you know, like, don't use me if you're just going to put me in a match. Like, you know, I don't want, like, I'm at the point in my life where I don't want to just, ah, yeah, he's got this match against this one guy. He kind of sucks. No, I don't want that. You know, no. either give me something juicy or give me the night off. I would rather stay home. So, you know, <laughs> like, that's that's where I got in my life. You know, I just, you know, I don't, I don't want to be the guy, you know, all right, he's in the third match tonight, you know, with the pucky blah, 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 blah. So. Well, that's the thing. It's like, it's hard. You're you're definitely at, a, at the right stage stage of your career where you can do that there's going to be a lot of guys who are green coming up who kind of don't get a say you know they kind of have to take the booking what they get you know depends uh depends on their where you're at i mean if you're in a territory where really there's only like one or two companies running shows and you know you've already burned a bridge with one of them you you're kind of stuck if you want to get in the ring you're gonna have to do what you got to do and um It's funny, though, because protecting your gimmick is something that should be very well taught at wrestling school. So so you are running a wrestling school right now, and Mm -hmm. it's it's this balance of being flexible with the promoter and working with the promoter and being, you know, like a a person that's fun to work with. While at the same time, you just got to protect your gimmick. You got to protect your 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 gimmick. And if it if it means not getting booked. Like it, I would say no booking is better than being badly booked. Does that, is yeah. that, yeah, it's, I, um, I, I wish I would have protected my gimmick a little bit more in some other companies when I first started, like the first five years of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I, sh- I, I, I was always just, all right, let's do it. Cool. Let's do it. And I give some suggestions, but I always did what the promoter wanted. And, mm-hmm. um, but then as, as time went on, I began became more protective of myself, and and it, you know, like I remember uh, right after I got back from Paraguay, I was still in Oregon, and one of the promoters, um, a friend of mine actually, he said, "Hey man, I want you to lose this one guy, yada yada yada." And I go, "Well, how do you want to do it?" And then I looked at the guy, and he looks like a barista, and <laughs> and he goes, "Well, the oh, guy's going to be a real messed up finish to get that one over." Well, he, well, he he said the guy is going to beat you down and, and leave you bloody. And I looked at the guy once again, and I go, yeah. I, I, and I told him, I go, yeah, um, I've never done this before, but I can't do it. He goes, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, look at him. And I go, no one's going to believe that he can do this. And, like, the guy, did, he did, he he was a solid technical wrestler, but he had buggy whip arms. He had no body. Um, yeah. And he, I'm like, he, yeah. I go, he wouldn't believe it. Like, he wouldn't yeah, believe it. And I just go, I can't put my name on this. You know? I, 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 it's I, funny because I've seen booking – where you know small guys have go up against big guys, and if it's done right, if it's done right, it can be done really well. Like if, if it's done right, it can be entertaining. 
but like that's why like I've said um <clears throat> well we we know a really skinny guy that was uh at the company that we met at. I won't say his name, but um you know, talented, high flyer, does does a lot of different stuff, but I remember I was trying to suggest stuff to help cuz they were giving him a push but I wasn't buying it. <laughs> it just wasn't like it wasn't buying it. and I was like, "Okay, you need to like do something here because his strikes look like garbage." Yeah, if he flies at you from over, if he flies at you from the the top corner and you're standing, you can just catch him like he's like a feather, you know. Like there's, you need to do something with this. So I remember I was actually sending videos of Gail Kim, of Gail yeah. Kim, the, the 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 female wrestler, but I was sending videos of her because she had like a, at least eight or nine like solid out of nowhere submission holds, and I thought, yeah. hey, if you can. Maybe do that. That would be your only way. Because, I mean, again, it's funny. On Facebook, just before you came online, I I was shutting off some of my my windows that were open on my computer. And they showed the first – actually, I'm going to say this was the first and only UFC pay-per-view I ever watched from start to finish. And it was UFC 3. (laughs) Like like – UFC three, uh, back before they had weight classes, back before they had rounds, back nineteen ninety four. Yeah, it, it was. I was in high school, and yeah. uh, it was it was a blast. And I always think of Keith Hackney, the kung fu guy. You know, he, he looked like um, uh, he he looked like uh, like 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 a strip mall. You know, karate instructor up against Emmanuel Yarborough, who was this big black sumo looking guy. 500 and like trying to, yeah, it's a complete mismatch, but it was, it was entertaining. It, I felt like I was watching Bloodsport. Remember the movie Bloodsport yeah. with Jean Claude yeah. Van Damme? I, I felt like I was watching Bloodsport. <laughs> What's that? I love that movie as a kid, but it, it doesn't hold yeah, up. Yeah, as a I kid, it was it great. Kid. Yeah, and then does the splits and bang. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, but, uh, you know, I was watching it and I was thinking to myself, like, you know, this was entertaining. I mean, the, the idea of no weight classes. <laughs> I mean, it's dangerous as heck, but you shouldn't be doing it. From It's an insurance. Imagine Brock Lesnar against Conor McGregor. <laughs> Brock, Brock Lesnar versus CM Punk. <laughs> yeah, but, but in yeah, the UFC. They, yeah, because in the WWE, it was highly competitive. Yeah, Uh, yeah. it has to be booked right. It has to be booked right. And like, that's the thing, like every so often. So one of my favorite Brock Lesnar matches of all time, I'm going to say was it must have been SummerSlam. Was it 2014? Was him against John Cena? The one where he destroyed him? Had to have been. Yeah, he just destroyed him. Suplex City was invented that night. Like that yeah, was yeah. He, he just destroyed he him. Re- he was rebuilt uh, uh, that night because when Brock came in, the first thing they did was they had him put over John Cena, and then he uh, uh, put over. He beat Triple H twice, but he put over Triple H at WrestleMania, which that's right hurt him. Yeah, and but then, then he um, beat Taker. I think he had just well, wrestled yeah, beat Taker. He, he was already. That was when they were starting to build him because. They had had Brock for that first year, but they didn't seem to know what to do with him. And then finally, when they had him go over Undertaker and they had him destroy Cena, 
that's when and it was SummerSlam 2014 exactly that's mm-hmm. when they finally put the put the like jets behind him because they're like we've got Brock Lesnar and he's it, it's yeah. like him doing 50-50 BS he became literally 95-5 you know he was that, that's how well, he that's the been. thing he like he should have been a monster you, you should have booked mm-hmm. that from the beginning as soon as you had yeah. him they're like dude look what he did in the UFC like it's like real fighters, like real people trying to kill him. You know, like it, 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 he kicked so much butt, and like I loved that booking. I love that booking, and actually, man, I used to because I was a casual by that point. I was barely watching anything, but anybody who complained to me about Brock Lesnar, they're like, "Oh, he's a part timer," and blah blah blah. I'm like, "Yeah, when I I when I was growing up, man, like Hulk Hogan was not on regular TV. Like you didn't see a Hulk Hogan match." On Saturday morning, ha- that just didn't happen. Hogan worked the house shows then, but that's what it was—it was a house show-driven business. But even then, I believe Hogan, like he still worked about sixty percent or half the dates of the regular roster. Like he, Hogan just wasn't doing every show. He would he would turn the Jets on for part of the year, and then part of the year he would take it off. And he was the only person that had that schedule um, and, until probably the two thousands when Shawn Michaels came back. And then they eventually they, they, they would allow the part time superstar, which I think is very beneficial. I think it's good. I think it's good. It, yeah. it, it it's like a it's like a synthetic scarcity thing, you know. Like it's like yeah. you 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 want to see him, and then mm-hmm. like for example, okay, so like Andre the Giant was a spectacle, right? He was a yep. spectacle, and and so Andre the Giant comes to town. And your big guy goes against Andre the Giant, and you want to pay you pay to see it. But if Andre the Giant is in your territory and doesn't travel around, he's boring. He's boring. You get bored with him, right? Yeah, he's Big Show. <clears throat> that is exactly what he is. The Big Show should have been booked as a as a monster that was hard to beat. And uh, but he kept flip flopping, uh, going heel, going baby face. They didn't know what to well, do because there's him. only they didn't because there's only so much you could do with him. And with Big Show, I always felt even back in the day, I always felt that like with him, he should have been on television forty to fifty percent of the time tops. And and but he he could still work the house shows. He's the spectacle yeah. house shows. He worked full time at the house shows. Um, Dude, you could have him but, work a dark match on uh, before raw starts and then have him cut a promo later on like just have yeah. him squash a dude yeah. i mean I, i'm yeah. fine with that but like when it comes to television you know you put him on there's 52 shows a year you put him on uh 15 to 20 shows and out of those 15 to 20 he maybe wrestles 8 to 10 on free tv you know <clears> and maybe two of those are competitive few of them are tag teams and the rest are just him dominating somebody there you go but like, yeah, going back to Brock Lesnar, you know, like <laughs> that's just a no brainer. That guy should be that guy should be the undertaker at that point. Do you know what I mean? Like that guy should be the one to beat the one who's difficult mm-hmm. to beat. And, and I think and that, he's, he, he was there until about a year or two ago. Then everybody started to eat him. But that's his position. Now. You know, he's that's he's, true. You know, he, he's fine he's 40, with it. Well, he's 46. He's making 15, 10, 15 million a year. I think he's OK. I think he's so. OK with it. Do you have an opinion yeah. on the uh, CM Punk return to uh, the WWE now that we've turned this into a wrestling cast for this one? 
Um, yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I see a lot of people out there and they're saying sell out the CM Punk. But here's the thing. And people forget, <laughs> you know, I would never, ever, ever, ever call someone a sellout if they're getting paid. He's making good money. Um, and I, I, I won't ever deny somebody making money. Here's the thing, though. When they call him a sellout, the thing is, is when he left the WWE, he the things he asked for, he wanted a regime change. He wanted better care for the talent. He wanted, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, better quality matches, less BS, less politics. Well, under in the last two years, especially since Triple H took it over, and now that Vince has been neutered from the sale, Vince, Vince has has had his, you know, his his grapefruits, as he would like to say, cut <laughs> off. Like, like he 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 is he has no hands on nothing. Um, you know, the talent has. Um, the, you know, the, the care for the talent is so much better. They got concussion protocol. They actually take care of the talent. Um, the travel is so much less. The guys are not working nearly as many dates as they used to. Um, you know, there people are getting time off. If you look at the pay-per-views now, they're doing six matches a show, sometimes seven tops on the biggest pay-per-views. So that means that they're rotating wrestlers. That means that not everybody's mm-hmm. going to be on every show. And, and, and so like, it, 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 so what you're getting though is guys are getting more time off. They're they're getting more. Uh, they're, they're they're treating them more like human beings instead of uh, circus performers being on the road 365, 24 seven. Mm-hmm. And so everything that he fought against has been changed. So how well, is he a sellout? He comes back just, now because everything Vince, has man. changed for the better. It, it was Vince exactly. It, everything so, is Vince. Everything that's well, wrong with the with the with the business is Vince. <laughs> well, and so, and so then he, he go, he was at this other company and here's where I'm going to say that I, I kind of side with him on how he acted in the other company is he goes there and then he's got like, you know, uh, half the locker room loved him. The other half didn't like him. The other half didn't like him because he wouldn't play their games. He didn't mm. play their games. You know, he, he actually wanted to he didn't hang. He didn't want. He didn't want to be. Um, he didn't want to be a two faced snake. The difference between them and him is that he was direct with them. He would, you know, if he had a problem with somebody, he would be direct with them. And if those guys had a problem with them, they would take subtle pot shots on their YouTube shows and their podcast, but they would never say anything direct. And then when he would react to it, all of a sudden he was the bad guy. And and so you, if you get someone, if I tell you what, if someone calls me out on national pay per view on mm-hmm. pay-per-view and they call me out on national pay-per-view especially low on the card like jungle boy mid card mid card yeah, dry toast joke, no, yeah that no talent you know like i mean well, the kid's talented but he's a, he's, he's he's got no size there's no money in him he's an indie you know? wrestler and he's an indie wrestler exactly he's a he's a he's a, he's a 25,000 a year indie wrestler that's what he is mm-hmm. and and the kid's making a couple hundred grand a year, and he's, you know, and I, I just, I don't see it. The kid calls you out, and then you're supposed to just let it slide. Maybe if they had some leadership in their company, instead of a mark with a billion dollar checkbook, if they had a leadership <laughs> in their country, in their company, instead of some mark of spending daddy's money, and he's doing his favorite New Japan angles and da 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 da, da <laughs> you know, maybe. You know, if they had someone who had some control in that locker room, they wouldn't have that issue. But unfortunately, they got a Mark who's a coke sniffing drug addict, drug addicted freak. You know, who 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 self ovulates himself to uh, uh, you know New Japan <laughs> wrestling and Ring of Honor wrestling, and it's like, dude, 
Like you're just such well, a mark. They're there to take your money. So going back to CM Punk. Um, yeah. So I mean, if we've already driven off anybody who doesn't watch any wrestling anymore, it's it's done. Next episode, come back. It'll be all good. Um, but yeah. uh, <clears throat> CM Punk. You know, my it's he's in my opinion, he's one of those guys who. Uh, I can see the draw. I can see why. I could see why you would throw money at him. People are talking about it. Everything's good in that department. Uh, it is absolutely like good for the wrestling business in general. Yeah. I like that you brought up about how he's direct. I, you know, we've talked to, um, in our chat in our group chat about yeah. CM Punk, and I, I have issues with how he does business. Sometimes I don't. He's very divisive, like, though. No, it's very divisive, and it's yeah. true. It gets it gets you talking, but it doesn't it doesn't get me buying pay per views. Um, yeah. It doesn't like he to me has at this point right now has a bit of go away heat, has a bit of nuclear heat for me. But I get why you would sign it, and yeah. I like that you pointed out that he's very direct with people. If I if I was in the same locker room with him, because I am diametrically opposed to him on a political level like we are so you guys are on the completely side. far apart on like a political you're, you're, level you're in north america he's in asia you're like on the other side yeah, of the world. we're weird like we yeah. are not even in the same <clears throat> we're not even on the same dateline you know like it is yeah. just it, it, we are so far apart however i love me some directness and i like yeah. If I was in a locker room with him and had a disagreement with him, or he was he's running his mouth, I'd I'd tell him to his face. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it uh, off. You know, uh, while he's like watching on the you know the gorilla yeah. position on the monitor, and so you know like, but he how many fights? How many fights did he get into in AEW backstage? I mean, Jungle are we Boy, are we going to ignore yeah, that? Uh, Jungle Boy and the Young Bucks, and then uh, Jungle Boy was once, but I believe he had an argument with Jungle Boy, um, but it was because Jungle Boy wanted to use glass. The the producers, now here's, this is where it comes to a management. Yeah, the real thing. glass comment, yeah. Yeah, this is where the management thing comes in through, though, because the producers and management told him not to do it. He was still going to do it, and then Punk went in and shut it down. So that's the, that's the management problem. If they had the proper management you know, in, in tow, because to trust me, punk isn't going to go in there and he's not going to try to shoot on Roman Reigns. He's not going to try to shoot on Brock Lesnar. He's not even going to try to shoot on Cody. Who's a former state wrestling champion, you know, right. or, or even, or, or even for that matter, Xavier Woods, who's, who's who was a runner up, you know, like he, <laughs> he's, he's not going to, he's not going to try it on them because he's, he's moved to the land of the giants. He's gotten away from, from the land of the baristas, you know, the, 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 the or, or as Jim Cornette would say, you know, the all friends wrestling group. So. <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, it, uh, and I think the potential for him in WWE is huge. Mm -hmm. uh, there's tons of good, there's tons of good um, matchups that he can have. Well, they got uh, the WrestleMania night one main event with him and Seth right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much that is a work or a shoot. I think it's a bit of both. I think it is a work shoot. It, it's a shoot that's become a work. Um, Seth knew it's that it Yeah, well, yeah. And, and Seth, Seth, it, it, it was a 100% work, the reaction of Seth. 
but it okay. was so well, yeah, it was so well done because they all knew that he was coming back. They found out shortly before the match, and I'm I'm fairly certain that Seth and um, uh, Seth was giving a little bit more of a head up or a heads up, at, you know, from Triple H from Hunter. So. Well, because yeah, because everybody, anybody who's followed it, they've seen the 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 footage of him freaking it's out. Yeah, it was him and, and then Sammy, right? Sammy's there too, right? What was Sammy? Sammy, Sammy wasn't really. He was just holding Seth back. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, Sammy. He Cody seems like a good there. dude. I, I like Sammy Zayn again, diametrically opposed politically, but like you know, I, I've well, heard not nothing fully. but great things about Sammy. He seems like a great guy. Yeah. You know, like all of these guys are like good people you know like that like that's a rarity in wrestling typically they're not you know so Mm uh these days all things considered these guys are pretty good people all all around it's a lot better than the dirty days of of the past you know um but yeah cm punk coming in uh you got seth i'd like to see him and i i'd like to see him in la night uh go you know toe-to-toe on a on a mic battle I think that would, that would be, be kind good. of fun. I could, I could um, see that. Um, you had a lot. You, know, you, had, you, know, you obviously got Punk and Reigns. They kind of threw some barbs at each other as well. So yeah, um, yeah. They were throwing Cody. barbs at each other. Cody and Punk, uh, which, which I think would be to me. I feel Seth and Cody would be the two best matchups style wise for Punk because Seth, you know, as Punk has gotten older, he could still go. But like, I think Seth is probably the perfect one for him because Seth can go with anybody. I feel Seth. Is is probably the best worker that they have. Um, could he could he injure him though? I mean, I just I always think of what he did to Sting. Um, I, no, because he, he did that to Sting safely. It was just Sting's body just couldn't handle the impact. That was a very safe move. Uh, many people the buckle have done bomb? It. I, Yeah, I, I I thought it hurt like two other people. No, no. Oh, okay, all right. So so there's there's a lot of potential there, and and it'll be. Interesting to see how it's played out. I'd like to see him put over some young talent. I'd like to, but I'd also like to see him get some wins. I don't want to see him, I, you know, suffering in the mid card. I, I want to see Punk and Dominic. That's who I want to see. Oh, oh I'd like to see that too. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Dominic. That Dominic, Dominic is Dominic to me is going to be the biggest star in the world in a few years. Um, Dominic Mysterio. He, yeah, he he he's, is. He's a very phenomenal. good worker. But he's putting on size as well, and as he's getting older, his face is starting to grow in, and, mm. and you know he's starting to mature. He's that but, little baby face kind of thing going yeah, on. He looks like a young he looks like a young Eddie Guerrero, which is kind of funny. Um, it is. He's his pappy. Um, but it it's funny because uh, yeah, because we almost booked his dad yeah. down here in Paraguay. Yeah. Um, there was a, a period of time that would have been in twenty sixteen. Sixteen or seventeen. Okay, 2017. Yeah. Are you sure it was 2017 or it wasn't 2016? Might have been. Pretty sure it was 17. Maybe just 2017. Yeah. It was him and uh, Juventud Guerrero. Carlito and and Chris Masters. Carlito, Chris Masters. And And we were. Four four jabrones from Europe that we never heard of, or three, four. Well, I just put a stop to that. I was like, look, dude, like, I'm not paying for your whole, like, crew. Like, you know, I know which guys are worth my time and my money, and I know which ones aren't. And it's like, you know, I need butts and seats. Like, I was even on the fence on Masters. But well, do you like, remember when the contracts came in and you, you, that you had told him that 
like you didn't want to have to pay for all these extra like um, lights and staging that he wanted. And we were yeah. going to get the rights for, for television in our market. He could use the television for his stuff, but we wanted it for yeah. us. Yes. And, and then he agreed to everything on the phone. But then when the contracts came out, he had reversed it again. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the, that was the, that was the last nail in the coffin. Well, no, the other last nail in the coffin for me was that, uh, I wasn't going to pay them until they landed. Which would have been great for Ray because yeah. he no-showed. Because he no-showed. And, and, yeah. But I had a gut feeling that, that yeah. you know, I just had a gut feeling, don't pay up front. Like, yep. no, I'll, I'll, I'll start selling tickets and I'll pay you when you get off the plane. Yeah. Right? And like, you know, but that doesn't always work for people. But it's well, like, this, you know, it's a dance. This, the thing is in this market too is that, and I think that happened in Brazil as well, is that when they found out Ray wasn't going to be there, no more tickets were sold. And I know for a fact that the thing is, as here, we would have sold X amount of tickets ahead of time. And then the second, because they were supposed to fly in the day before, the second that we had Ray in the city with all these other yeah. wrestlers, that's when the tickets would have started flying out the window. They would Absolutely. not Because it's a very skeptical society. They don't believe that these people are actually coming here. And yeah. so... Those tickets. I didn't believe until, you know, like I, I didn't believe until that point either. So he was yeah. like, when are you going to send the money? I was like, dude, like, yeah, yeah. No. I remember we were, it was supposed to be Ray and Hoovy. And then originally you wanted to do me and masters and Blaz and Carlito. And then I had talked to you into doing Blaz and Carlito against me and masters. Um, yeah. And I was a little bit skeptical. I wanted to drag Carlito it out. Is. Yeah. What's that? People forget how tall Carlito is. He's like oh no, I, I get straight. that, but I, I wanted to drag it out. I wanted yeah. more matches, right? So, yeah. like that was my my thing. And then we were, who were we going to have Ray against? Was it, it was going to be Ray, against, Ray and Hoobie. Ray and That's Hoobie. right. Yeah, Ray. And because Hoobie. Ray was you got to do that. Working people that he he could trust, and so yeah. he didn't he didn't know Blaz. He you know he wouldn't know anybody else, and so him and Hoobie would have been a natural match, and they would have had a great match. Like it would have been fun. And I think we would have been able to get Nitro Max back for that one. I think he ah, he, he he probably about that one there. Like that would have been a no a no brainer to get guys in. Like we could have given him a good. Yeah. We could give Max a nice six or seven minute like you know oh, show dude. off of his skills. Um, you know, in a different time era and stuff like that, I would have brought Scotty back for that one. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, yeah that, the, been... that hadn't been repaired at that point, right? No, no, it is repaired yeah. now, and absolutely, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I look forward to having him on uh, in the future. I already, he, I, he just found out about the show like like this week or last week, so I'm going to get well, him. Maybe a great guest. Spinelli's another one I can't wait to get on at some point in time. She, I think she, she's very she'll be my first well. female guest. I, I'm pretty sure uh, yeah. she's she's a hoot. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, man, I think well. Uh, <clears throat> um, uh, we kind of pulled this one out of the fire. <laughs> I well, think so. let's, let's, I did say now that I was going to talk about a national deal where 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 they yes. lost power on a show. WWF in your house in May of 1996. It, it was uh, Beware of Dog, I think, um, and it was from South Carolina or North Carolina. I can't remember which one it was. And there was a huge storm out there. So three matches into the five match pay per view, the power went out. And so they couldn't bring the power back. And so literally they had like lights. Somehow they had these lights that were beaming into the arena. And these guys were like the, the last two matches, the pay-per-view was on the, off the air, but they still gave like, I think Steve Austin and Savio Vegas strap match. Um, oh, they cool. Did it, 
they did it in the dark. And then Shawn Michaels and David Boy Smith, they still did it in the dark. And what they did was is that two days later, they brought the pay-per-view back for the last hour for people who had purchased it. Um, oh, good. For the, for the last hour. And they, they, they did it at a Superstars taping. They added the last two matches with Bulldog and um, uh, with Bulldog and Sean, and then Austin and Savio Vega, actually, at that point, they added the stipulation on Monday Night Raw that Ted DiBiase would leave if Austin lost. And, well, DiBiase had already given notice. So ah, there we this, go. That's, that's what they did is they, they wound up extending the show another day. I think it was, oh, Vader and Yokozuna was another match that did in the dark. So. Yeah, man. Th- those were the – those were, like – Right on the cusp of like w, of the of the WWF like breaking out at that point in time, like that was about a year was, away at that point. They yeah, were the in pre attitude yeah, because the uh, Hall and Nash had just left. They debuted in NWO, I think, right after that uh, May ninety. Oh man, yeah, that's and, when things and, really kicked off. Yeah, and then um, so it was still like the houses were already starting to surge up, but then for the WWF, the guys just left, so it was going to start flatlining for a little bit. But the houses were still mm. solid. They weren't down to 95, 94, 93 levels. They were they were still pretty solid. And then uh, Steve Austin and Bret Hart by November of 96, they kind of kicked off Stone Cold um, at the Survivor Series. And then obviously WrestleMania 97, that's where Steve Austin really blew up as a character. And um, and they were off on the races for that. Do you want to go see that uh, Iron Claw movie? I do. Um, I heard it's... Very well done. I, you know, it's not completely 100% accurate. But, yeah, I don't trust uh, it. From everything. No, but from every wrestling expert that saw it, they actually put it over. Um, okay. One of them was Bruce Pritchard. One of them was Bruce Pritchard, who had no I don't trust Bruce Pritchard. I don't br- trust Bruce Pritchard to tell the truth. I don't, I don't either, but on this situation, I kind of do because. Well, he was paid. He, well, no, no. They that had nothing to do with the WWE. They didn't even advert sponsor them. No, but no, no. Bruce Pritchard is independent now, anyway, isn't he? No, he's he 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 works for the Fed. He actually ran Raw on Monday. Oh, okay, all right, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bruce um, ran Raw on Monday because Triple H. I want to see it. I want to see it. I don't love the casting. Uh, like Zach Efron looks like a definitely looks like. Which one is he playing? Which one's Zach Efron Kevin. playing? Kevin. Oh, the the Survivor. Yeah, he it is. Okay. And then the other kid from Shameless, he's playing Carrie, but he's way too small to be Carrie. Like, dude, I, that's the thing. I, that's probably my biggest knock on it so far. Is I'm like, that's who you cast for Carrie? Well, he's short. He's got no chin. Like, well, they're all. That, they're all. Like, that's like Carrie Von Eric's like number one like facial yeah. quality is this like chiseled, like you know, Herculean chin. Well, the, the and you funny just took thing it is, away. Is that- all the guys that are playing the characters, um, at least Kevin and Carrie, they're no problem. They're like five nine, five ten. They're both five nine, five ten. So right, and so they get short not, guys to play the free birds. Like we know, we know one, we know the guy who's playing think, Terry Gordy. Yeah, well, the, no, yeah, uh, Silas is like six three, six four. So yeah, so, he's, well, he's a I mean, Terry Gordy was tall anyway, right? So yeah, yeah, but I have you know from what I could see in the movie, they just did their camera work. Same thing they do with Tom Cruise was five six, five seven. Right. Yeah. It's just like, you know, could you not like? Was there not a guy? Like, I mean, goodness, man, you could have like, you could have cast Carrie Von Eric with like a Carrie Von Eric face. Like that that guy exists. You get the guy who played Thor. You know, I mean, like, 
Oh yeah, actually, he would he would like get him get him a little bit of strawberry brown blonde hair, strawberry blonde brown hair. Yeah, he throw a wig like, on him. I don't care. You know, no, 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 no. like he can dye he can dye his hair. He would actually have been a yeah. great carry, but he made yeah, me too much. Eh, well, yeah, I don't think that movie had a big budget. So, well, yeah, um, like but, if, if 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 the other cat who played Carrie, I mean, he probably got paid a million bucks. You know, where where was it? Chris, whatever his name is, Helmsworth, he would have been what, what ten million, fifteen million. Oh, yeah, he he would have won yeah. a lot more than that. Although, you know, if it was the right call, if it was the right project, if it took took the least, you know, he might have taken it. You know, and get it on the back end. I was going to say, they gave points or a back end. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's the, you know, I know Helmsworth. He's been associated with the Hogan movie, but that hasn't been. Uh, There's a Hogan movie right. coming. It was supposed to be with Chris Helmsworth, and I. Do you I, know what movie I want? I want a Vince McMahon movie. Actually, I want a Vince McMahon television show. But they got a documentary. They, they got a documentary coming out on Netflix. Yeah, I, I want like a show. I want somebody to play him because there's like a billion. Vince McMahon stories out there, and I mean, like he's a villain. Like he's they just a do, villain. They could do like a two season or three season miniseries, like ten. Episodes oh, that a year. could carry out for a while. dude. The guy was at the top of the game from like the entire eighties, well, the and entire his childhood. 90s. And his childhood was wrecked. They could do four or five episodes, or they could even do, or they could do flashbacks, like interspersed Tons. in the shows. You know, with yeah. him and his childhood. You got, uh, you got him with the. You go through this the steroid trial when he's where he's. Pulling the Andy Kaufman and wearing the thing forever. So, anyways, uh, like let's uh, let's wrap this one up. I'm gonna give a quick shout out uh, to all those who stuck around for this uh, episode. Thank you. And uh, you know, if you can, um, you know, maybe it, again, I would love to grow the the audience, not too fast, not too big, just enough so that I can like you know get some other guests on. Uh, I love having return guests, but I mean, you know, there's times where I put out stuff to to. Uh, to potential guests, and it always helps me out if I've got a little bit of numbers behind it. You know how people are. They're climbers. We're, um, we're coming for you. We're coming for you, all you guests out there. Hello, <laughs> guests. We're coming for you. Also, if you haven't seen yet, I am, I'm sporting the the new merch. Uh, the link is in the description. Uh, it's at Teespring. Uh, I can attest this is really good quality uh, material. I, I, and I'll I, know soon. I'm supposed to be. You will know soon. Right I got it. You'll be getting that delivered to you on uh, Sunday. And yeah. Uh, yeah, man, I I love having you on. Um, I love that we that the show went on and we pressed through uh, with our technical difficulties. And uh, yeah, man, I, I I look forward to having you on again. Um, I'm gonna put a shout out for your wrestling school. Oh, go ahead. What do you want to say? Tell Tab I'm coming for him, man. I'm coming for you, Tab. <laughs> he wants to do a show with you at some point. I do we'll too. Do I do too. Hopefully, maybe yeah. we could do it at some point um, uh, when we're on site or something like that. I could just put a computer next. Like, I'll put bring my oh, laptop. Put it right dude, next to you. You saw we did it with Zach, so we can do three. Yeah. We can do three people of that. We need to get yeah. you a proper microphone. That'll be that'll be a, a maybe a, a Christmas gift coming your way. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. Uh, no, I I always love having you on. I always love chatting love with you. You and I. Uh, basically, basically, this entire podcast was just you know Chaco and Sully on a Sunday afternoon. This is what we do. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, this has been great. Um, share this show with other people. Uh, you know, if there's if there's guests you'd like me to try to reach out to, uh, let me know and I'll do what I can and uh, keep supporting the show. Um, 
your 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 viewership uh, keeps me going, makes me want to keep doing it. And uh, I, I appreciate it every time I come on here. And uh, I, I just love sharing my time with you. So, Thank you, guys. Yeah, man. Don't forget, uh, this is Mas Lucha Paraguay. Mas Lucha Paraguay. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Mas Lucha Paraguay. Anybody here in the Paraguay region who wants to learn how to wrestle, there is a wrestling legend in your country teaching people. And uh, you want a birthday party to come to your house, or or that too. (laughs) And I can attest, it's a it's it's a world world class ring. That ring is awesome. Uh, So. Yeah, man. Well, this has been another episode of High Trust, Low Low Context. I am your host, El Chaco. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Thank you again, Sully, for joining us. Uh, It's been great having you. And uh, this is uh, we'll, we'll catch you again next week. Viva Cristo Rey. God bless.